welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Uh, we should be talking about four games played since our last recording, uh, but the football gods have conspired. It's only two games that we're talking about. There's a defeat and there's a, a win. So let's talk about Rotherham first. Unusual game of football, this, because Wednesday lost that that game, and yet the reaction among the fan base was generally, almost universally, quite positive. The performance was there. We got undone by Rotherham being Rotherham, really, and doing to, to Wednesday what they've done to a lot of teams this season, which ultimately is just being more clinical. Yeah, definitely, James. And you, you had the situation of where... Yeah, Rotherham have scored two goals from set plays and we know that that's been a big weakness of Wednesday. That's still, in the back of my mind, a slight concern going into the run-in that Wednesday conceded 15 goals from dead ball situations. They have improved in the last few months there, uh, but I still look at that and think that that's one department of Wednesday's game that they do need to tying up in but you're right there's no way they should have lost to Rotherham and it was eerily familiar to the first meeting back in August when Rotherham bossed the first half should have been ahead didn't take their chances missed a penalty ended up losing 2-0 and then Wednesday against Rotherham were on top for the first hour and the opportunities were there. And then even at 1-0, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang has gone through. That should have been one all. They weren't ruthless enough. We've talked about that before on the podcast. And Rotherham are going to get promoted. And they showed why, really, that yeah. they dug deep. And it was pretty ugly from their perspective. They weren't at the best. And they came away with a 2-0 win. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's um, you, you can see why Rotherham are top of the table, can't you? I think you know they they soaked up the pressure when they needed to. There's maybe an element of luck involved as well, but I think when you're top of the table, you kind of make that look, don't you? Um, and ultimately, it does come down to those two recurring things. Um, and and this is this is not kind of like an, a negative kind of take on things because you know ultimately not taking chances and therefore not scoring enough goals and conceding too many, particularly from set pieces, they are recurring themes and come what may, if Sheffield Wednesday are not in the playoffs or ultimately don't get promoted, they are the things that we're going to have to say were, were the reasons why. There's no getting away from that because you know it, it is coming round time and time um, again. Um, let's, let's focus on those positives from that game. Though. Who, who in terms of performance has really kind of stood out for you? It was the midfield three, wasn't it? You know, they yeah. looking like a well-oiled machine, and I, I thought that the back three did a pretty good job of nullifying Michael Smith for most of the match. But Michael Smith enjoys coming to Hillsborough, and you know that. You know, when we're talking it again about potency in front of goal, that's the difference that Rotherham have got a twenty-goal striker. Yeah. Wednesday haven't got a player that's hit double figures this season. There's a lot of mitigating factors behind that. You know, Lee Gregory hasn't played in well over a month now. He's got eight goals. If you asked him, you know, yourself, 
he he'd be sitting here right now saying I should have double the amount of goals he's got. Josh Windass has barely been available to Wednesday all season, so things could have been very different if they'd not had the injury problems that they have. We know that, but you still do look across the team, and I think at times this season there hasn't been enough goals. And no, I, you still don't want to really look too negatively at Rotherham. It was one of those days where. You know, Wednesday were the better side for long periods, and that's why you know there weren't boos at the final whistle. There was disappointment, but you but you're right that I think when, you know, Wednesday supporters came away from Hillsborough thinking that you know we're still very much on the right lines here, and that you know that midfield three looks as good as anything in the league. And then when you get some of the forward players back you know you can't get past against Rotherham James that the front two were Callum Patterson and Nathaniel Mendes-Lang Nathaniel Mendes-Lang is not a striker it worked to some extent against Burton but Mm. it's not his best position and then Callum Patterson has found goals hard to come by all season and has played here there and everywhere and he's had no consistency or rhythm in playing in one settled formation, and and you know you, yeah. you looked at him that day, and he was lacking a bit of confidence, and that's why it was so great that he got back on the score sheet at Doncaster. That we'll yeah. come to it again in a bit. I mean, you, you'd possibly argue that neither Nathaniel Mendes-Lang or Callum Patterson are really strikers, are they? I mean, Callum Patterson is an attacker, but you know, I don't think his best position is that out and out like you know striker. Um, so it, it was patched up, and overall, it, you did come away thinking, all right, if if we can if we can turn in performances like that for the rest of the season, then we'd be really unfortunate not to be up there or thereabouts in terms of the the playoffs I, I said after the Rotherham defeat you know what I think I think that's it in terms of automatic now I think that you know that that no longer seems realistic and it is just about now doing what needs to be done to make it into the playoffs bearing in mind that we were still sat outside the relegation zone um, sorry sat outside the playoffs um, and then I mean this leads us quite nicely onto Doncaster doesn't it now that's a very strange experience the, the game at, at Doncaster because at half time you kind of like we're almost it's almost crisis time it's like the whole thing's falling apart again we're going to lose at Doncaster who are you know good as bottom of the the table all right they've hit a little bit of form um but you're kind of thinking this is it our season's falling to, to to bits 45 minutes later what a different kind of feeling and and Wednesday playing some Amazing football, scoring one of the best goals that that that, that team has scored in recent years, um, and being clinical, taking chances, um, and really scrapping out uh, a win from from a difficult situation. Let's not forget the start. What is it? Six years um, since Wednesday um, actually came from behind away. To, to win so the you know, Hindu monkey... is over James it's <laughs> over we don't have to we can put that stat to bed we never have to talk about it ever again it's great I, th- I want to just put a caveat right at the top and say Doncaster are one of the poorest sides I have seen this season uh, and, and they were actually better in the second match of the season at Hillsborough than what they were last weekend that's taking nothing away from Wednesday the subs Full marks to Darren Moore. You know, I think that you know, I I thought he might make one change at half time, as it was clear 
the front two of Florian Canberry, Silaso, it didn't work. No. Yeah, yeah Silaso missed a header chance. He's got to put that away. He has to score and he headed straight at the goalkeeper. But they didn't work as a partnership. And yeah, you know, they played their way out of the team. Um, and then you've got Patterson and Saido Berahino came on. And yeah, you know, both of them were excellent. And, you know, they, I thought Patterson buoyed that Rovers defence and Berahino, that was Berahino of old, that second goal, the finish. Uh, good cross from Lewis Gibson as well, it has to be said, on the left. And uh, yeah, you're right though, it's so funny isn't it how things change, you know, at half time we are thinking here that, you know, if Wednesday lose to second from bottom and the local rivals, who by the way, I think they'd lost six in a row at home, so you know, you're thinking if the scoreline stays that way, you could imagine the reaction at the final whistle and Mm. uh, the abuse that probably Darren Moore would have got, the team would have got, so lots of character. You have to say that, and they did show team spirit, and that is what Darren Moore has tried to instil in this team, and he's made them hard to beat. I've said it before; they've only lost seven times all season, and yeah, you know, let's face it, Doncaster caved in after the equaliser, but yeah, the third goal was outstanding. Yeah, and maybe my favourite goal of the season: mm. the flick from Berahino, Neymar doing his stuff, and uh, yeah, you know, sumptuous finish from Bannon who was the most relieved man on the pitch yeah at the final whistle you mentioned there's so many players that you mentioned in there and it's one of those where I mean it's almost impossible to pick a man of the match because there were so many good performances um, I thought I thought Berahino changed the game and, and you're right I think that we've periods this season sat there thinking how was this guy ever playing at the Premier League you know what how how that that whole kind of thing with Tottenham how did that ever even exist because it, it was difficult to see what what he really brought to the table at all um, and yet we really did see that didn't we and, and, and we saw you know what 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 he can do but I mean um, Marvin Johnson just ev- every ball he was putting in the box seemed dangerous um, similarly you know when uh, uh, Bannon in terms of making amends um, and, and after missing the, the penalty, not letting it bother him, you're right, you know, the most relieved. I think he celebrated Berahino's goal more than Sedo Berahino did because of that that relief. But right across the park, you can kind of pick out players and talk about, you know, how the second half, no one put in a, a, a bad performance. I thought the back line looked great. I thought Jordan Story again looked really, really strong. Um, you, you're right to mention Lewis Gibson as well when he came on certainly had an impact and we saw what he's he's uh, about it's been a while isn't it since we can kind of sit here and, and kind of pour through sort of almost the entire team and talk about you know what good performance good performance good performance yeah that's it there were very few weak links or players who you look at and think you underperformed on the day I think it's worth saying as well. It's sort of gotten forgotten about it in all, you know, you know, when we've analysed and reflected on the games that you know, Doncaster, what a chance they missed to go two up. You know, that was a sitter, and that could have been game set and match, and that was really the turning point. And uh, yeah, you know, I think that you know Wednesday they showed the quality in the end, didn't they? That's what they did. And Johnson, I think, is getting better and better on that left. I wrote about it the day after. He's one of the first names on the team sheet. You can't leave yeah. him out. 
Uh, yeah, at the moment, it's who's going to play on the right, and I think Jack Hunt has been a pretty consistent performer in the last few months. But yeah, when you get Mendes Lang back in the next week or two, and some of the other injured players across the team, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for Darren Moore picking the side and as I've spoken yeah. about before trying to keep everyone happy that's going to be perhaps his biggest challenge I mean you you would have looked at the Fleetwood game in midweek and thought I mean surely you would have started with the team that maybe finished against um, Doncaster we then we saw the photos didn't we of um, of, of Fleetwood's stadium Highbury and, and you kind of realised uh, yeah, actually, maybe that that game's looking fairly unlikely. So it wasn't any great surprise, um, and it's one of those situations where you kind of it's 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 great that that game now is later in the season, and and hopefully we'll have a few more players back from injury. You sort of wanted the momentum, didn't you, of 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 straight away getting back out and playing another game when you've turned in a a great second half performance like that. You kind of want to get straight back out. I got criticised pretty heavily for saying it's not ideal that Wednesday didn't have the match on Tuesday and that everybody else was playing. The you got criticised? No way. No, really. I know. Doomhouse never gets criticised, as you know, I'm, James. I'm shocked I, and surprised. I am as well. I was stunned by it. But, yeah, as it turned out, everybody else, I say that most of the results went their way on Tuesday and so yeah. it's only one point between themselves and the playoffs, you know, with... Wickham and Wigan playing each other, so Wickham have dropped points and Sunderland drew and Plymouth lost. So it was a pretty good night for Wednesday, that's it. And they've got games in hand over most of the teams above them. And so you've got to still win them. You know, I would rather have the points on the board at this stage yeah. of the season. I know it's that old argument, and but I would rather have the points on the board than the games in hand. But then Wednesday... I think it plays into the hands having the games in hand with all those injured players to come back. You know, it's unlikely we should say that they've got eleven still out. They're not going to have a fully fit, you know, complement of players. Let's be realistic about it. Chances are, knowing Wednesday's look, they pick up more injuries between now and then when they get, you know, some of those eleven players back. So you know, you look at it from. The Rotherham match, you know, Mendes, Lang and Hutchinson picked up injuries there. So, you know, you'll get that between now and the end of the season. And so you look at it and still think that Wednesday've got the squad to to cope, though. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, that's where they have the luxury of the strength and depth that so many teams in League One don't have. There's, there's a huge element here, isn't there, about... Um hitting form at the right time and and I don't I don't know what the 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 kind of the stats whether the stats really back it up but it feels like there's always a team that goes into the into the playoffs on the back of hitting form at the right time we kind of saw this didn't we with with the with with the playoff season in the in the championship the first one that when you know we we finished in 6th in theory the team finishing 6th should be the outsider and look we didn't win the playoffs we didn't get promoted so it's it's all kind of irrelevant uh, but you do get that feeling, don't you, about the team that's just got that little bit of bounce, that little bit of momentum. So we're getting to that point where it'd be really good for, for Wednesday to just start hitting that form. And we've seen little signs of it. There was the setback against Rotherham, of course, but then, you know, responding really, really well. Um, and, and you know, this point's been made whereby if you look at Wednesday's running from this point onwards, you would say 
it's perhaps the most generous of the run-ins that the other teams up there or thereabouts have. In on paper, it's it's the easier run-in. Football doesn't really work like that. But let's look at the you know the next three games coming up for for Wednesday. There's two home games against Charlton and uh, Burton. Neither of those are bad teams, but neither of them are, are setting the league on fire. And then an away game at, at Lincoln. Similarly, not a bad team. You know they're all decent teams, but they're certainly winnable games. Oh, absolutely. And Charlton, they've lost four on the spin. Their manager Johnny Jackson's been complaining about an injury crisis this week because he's going to be about four strikers and we're all, wow. laugh, we're all laughing over here thinking yeah, that's nothing that pales into insignificance compared to Wednesday's issues this season uh, but yeah you know they are low on confidence and not in a good place Wednesday it's all set up for them to uh, do, you know, do the Wednesday thing of drop points, probably, isn't it? Well, you know, they've got to be. For me, they've got to be getting minimum four points from the next two home matches. That's what they have to be targeting, you know, straight away. You know, Burton are uh, comfortably mid-table, and they didn't make life easy for Wednesday when they played them recently. You know, that was close, but uh, at Hillsborough, Wednesday they've only lost twice at Hillsborough all season you've got to fancy Wednesday um, to maintain the good run that they're on like you say you know, five wins I think from the last six six wins out of eight you know that's promotion winning form and if they carry on like that you know how many wins have they got to get I think to finish in the top six from the remaining 14 matches seven or eight that should yeah. do it you know, really, you'd be unlucky to miss out. I think with if they win half those games, and like you say, the running is very favourable. Only three out of the top ten that Wednesday've got to play. I think it's Bolton away, Wickham away, and Portsmouth on the last day at home. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think for Wednesday they should fancy the chances they've got to. You know, and that's not being overconfident. I think from here on in, it would be disappointing if Wednesday don't finish in the top six. And Darren Moore said it himself, that the, the top six is the goal and it's yep. it's there. But it's also important to remember, they haven't been in the playoffs since November. So it's a long time, but they do look like the peaking at the right time, James. Yeah, and and we talk, you know, this phrase that gets banded about, about business end of the season, but we are getting to that stage of the season where... The, the the kind of the the psychological part of this changes a bit. It doesn't, particularly with the injury problems we've got. Doesn't like performances and stuff don't really matter now, do they? It's just get the points on the on the board. Um, and actually, the 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 psychological advantage that comes from those players coming back. We've got so many players out that that when we see them return, you know, one by one, that's the the little the little boost that you get from that that feels like it makes all the difference. For example, um, obviously there hasn't been a game midweek this week, but. You know, Dominic Iofa being back in action that caused you know a little bit of a ripple that kind of went around the the fan base. Certainly on social media, that there's a there's a bit of positivity that that comes from from that. And then there's the whole question mark of well, hang on, does he get back? Does he get straight back into the team when he's when he's fit? And you're like, that's a really great conversation for people to be having because normally it's just like get them back in as soon as possible because we're desperate. And actually, you know, you've got a backline there that's been turning in some really good performances, looks more solid. There is that question 
question mark about set pieces. There's no getting away from 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 that. Um, but you know, isn't it great that, that there's that positivity that comes from Dominic Ayoffa being back, and now and also that thing about well, actually, you know, we don't we don't need to rush him back because defensively, the, there's been some pretty good performances. Here's a question for you, James. Uh, what's Wednesday's best back three when everybody's fit? I don't know how anyone could answer that. I don't. I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. I'll, I'll answer it. I think I'd take a stab at it and say I think Wednesday's best back three is Jordan Story has to play. He has been a revelation, brilliant, barely put a foot wrong. I'd have him on the right side of the back three. Dominic Iorfa has to play because it's Dominic Iorfa, and Dominic Iorfa is too good for League One. He's the, the best defender at the game. club, isn't he, I think? I think so. And it's everything that he brings to the table. It's that pace, the, the recovery pace that he's got. Athleticism, strong in the air. And Wednesday are a small side. And so Dominic Iorfa's height, physicality, everything that he brings to the table. For me, Iorfa, yeah, definitely gets inside. And he's only played twice for Wednesday, and the second appearance was, what, five minutes old before he got an injury. But I, I, I just look at Harley Dean and think that's everything you need in a League One defender. You know, And he's yeah. too good for League One, by the way. And he's another player that is used to playing in the Championship. And so you, you're then leaving out, what, Shay Dunkley, Lewis Gibson, Sam Hutchinson. Where does Liam Palmer fit into the side when all those defenders are back? These are good problems to have. And yep. you're right, though. I mean, that's a very good point that you pick up on, that the players in the dressing room, they're going to be seeing I for played an hour for the 23s this week, and they'll be looking over the shoulder thinking, if you Story, if you Palmer, Kieran Brennan, who played last week, you've got to up your game. You've got to be on top form. You know, If you're not playing well week in week out you will lose your place soon because you've got Iorfa who's not far away Shay Dunkley's not a million miles away and then Sam Hutchinson could be back in contention for Saturday so this is it you know Wednesday the, we've been bemoaning maybe how weak the bench has been in the last few weeks but it's going to get incredibly strong coming up you know for you know the, the big finish that they're aiming for you mentioned there about uh possibility of Sam Hutchinson being back in contention. Uh, a little bit of talk, maybe Lee Gregory might be fairly close. Well, yeah, Gregory, I think Darren Moore was saying that Gregory and Hutchinson would have been touch and go for Fleetwood. And so I you know, would suggest that unless they've suffered a, a not, uh, yeah, not um not a sort of a relapse, but if they've had an issue or anything this week or Darren Moore doesn't want to rush them back, then yeah, I think they're going to be in the frame for the weekend. And it's what then Darren Moore does. Sam Hutchinson, you would think, would come in for Kieran Brennan, which would be harsh as, again, Kieran Brennan's the fall guy a lot of the time for when mm. players come back from injury. doesn't matter how well sort of Kieran Brennan plays, he's dropping out of the side. But he is a a young player and he will come again and he'll get his opportunities. With Gregory, it's as you said before, I think you have to play Patterson and Berahino after what they did against Doncaster. So Gregory would maybe be on the bench for me and that's if they're both available. I think, you know, Hutchinson would come back into the team. 
Gregory might be on the bench, but that would be a huge boost to Wednesday, definitely, to have them back. Two experienced players. And Wednesday's got one of the oldest squads in the league. And I do mm. think, to some extent, that experience, that could come to the fore. That, again, could be a big thing for them, you know, in the, in, in the final 14 matches. We, we know Darren Moore's kind of policy is very much not to rush players back. So, you know, it would, it would certainly fit in with that as well, wouldn't it, to see Lee Gregory on the bench rather than being thrown straight back into the, um, to the starting 11. And, you know, if, you, if, if we find that situation, which we've had a few times this season, where it becomes quite apparent that actually, for whatever reason, that forward line is just not working out against that opposition, great option to be able to change things up with... Um, with 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 Lee Gregory, and I, I almost feel like I should apologise to um, Callum Patterson and Sado Berahino because you know them coming off the bench at half time against Doncaster. I thought, well, what's that going to achieve? Is that is that going to turn this game around? And of course, it did. So um, you know, but always good, isn't it, to have um, options off the the bench? In terms of other injured players, anyone that's looking close, any updates that you can give us on any of that stuff? Uh, well, we're going to speak to uh, Darren Moore on Friday, but. I don't think that anyone else is close to coming back. You know, we had Lewis Gibson last week. It's, it's Lewis Gibson, Shay Dunklin, Dominic for Lee Gregory. They're the four. And then you've got Mide Shadipo will be March, Tyrese John Jules, April, and Josh Windass, hopefully maybe middle of March, end of March. It's getting to this point really where, with Windass, I'm sort of looking at it and thinking, well, you're almost writing this season off for Windass. It's been so stop-start. I'm not sure we're going to see the best of Windass this season. And you know, if you can contribute in maybe the final few weeks of the season, then great. One other thing to hey, mention, just just on that though, didn't we say the same about Steve McLean way back when? Yes. And yes. we all know about how that season ended, so, you know. That is true, yeah, very true. One other thing to mention, I suppose, with the players who could be fit for the next few matches is the Hillsborough pitch. And I wonder how yes. mindful Darren Moore and wary of that Darren Moore will be that we all know the surface has seriously deteriorated in the last few weeks with the bad weather. Uh, has been uh, going around sweeping you know, the country and everything so I think that <laughs> Darren Moore might never be become a weather presenter Dom never become a weather presenter there's only one Michael Fish so no I don't think that uh, you know Darren Moore will be necessarily thinking I need to throw them straight back into the lion's den you know if that pitch is going to be more torn up and yeah. bobbly and not in the best condition and you know, I'm sure the groundsmen will have been working incredibly hard on it but that pitch has taken a bit of a battering in the last few weeks Have the club said anything to you about what the plan is to, to resolve that because um, it, it was it was a mess for the uh, I forget what game it was midweek couple of weeks back um, was it Wigan? It was it was a bit of a mess for the Wigan game, and and it had not been the weather yeah. hadn't been particularly bad in the lead up to to then, and it was already starting to look. It didn't look like a pitch that had been relayed just a few months before. Well, it wasn't a few months before. I think it would have been last summer. And the the trouble is that there's nothing. There's not a lot Wednesday can do in season. 
you know, it's going to be at the end of the season where they're going to be able to carry out and do more work on the pitch. And you know, Darren Moore explained it about you know, the fundamental issue that they've got with where you know you don't get the light that comes into I think the south stands, you know, just in front of the dugouts. That's always one of the areas that gets really badly sort of cut up. And we've had torrential rain. You know, really like, awful weather and if you actually look at a lot of the pictures across the country you know, I, I, you know, I saw some of the highlights the other night from the League One surfaces there's some other ones that are not in a good way but it's, it's difficult for Wednesday when Darren Moore talks about you know, it's, you know, he wants they want to get the ball down and play and it's not conducive to passing football so you you do wonder you know how much sort of Wednesday are going to have to mix up the tactics really maybe go a bit longer but they have got mm. players that you know that they could do that with so um, I think Wednesday have to make do and it's the same for both sides as well you know what we found is that Rotherham I think dealt with the conditions maybe a bit better than what Wednesday did you know in the mm. final analysis as they found a way to win and get the job done and that's what Wednesday've got to do. Uh, but hopefully that surface, you know, now the last few days, it started to dry out a little bit that pitch, and it maybe won't be in as bad a state as what it was for Rotherham, and it certainly was at Accrington. You know, that pitch inspection for an hour and a half, you know, they should, you know I say an hour and a half, forty-five minutes. You know, if it's only be called off an hour and a half before the game, it should have happened a lot sooner. It was you know, fairly obvious that it wasn't playable, wasn't we, it? We know the reasons why, you know, yeah. which is that you know the referee wanted Accrington to have a good look at it themselves. They travelled and everything, but yeah, you know, ten second look at that pitch would have told you that uh, that was unplayable. So uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to see what happens. And you know, it's not going to help, is it, that Wednesday going to have back to back home matches on it in the next few days? I wouldn't have thought. I, I hope there weren't any famous last words in there with you saying oh, it's been a bit drier for the last couple of days because I do notice as we record this on Thursday morning we have got heavy snow forecasts for the vast majority of today in Sheffield so um, we we will have to uh, see on uh, that one right Dom thank you um, thank you as well to our partners at Title or Solicitors who are specialists in wills trusts and probate if you didn't already know this as a podcast listener you get buy one get one free on lasting powers of attorney you just need to mention singing the blues um ollie from title law is available for chats in the evening weekends and home appointments as well across south yorkshire so get in touch now at titlelaw.co.uk on twitter dom is at dom house and i'm at james marriott the show is at dom and james you can find us on facebook as well and on youtube uh, get all our links uh, on our website and they're in the show notes for this episode as well thank you for listening up the owls and we'll see you next time <laughs> 